This is the Pennyworth Podcast Season 2, Episode 1, The Heavy Crown. I am not lying. What are your kids' names? Terry and Sharon. It's the little one's birthday tomorrow. Well, the wife will be worried sick. Please, miss, have a heart. Do I look like I have a heart? Yeah, you do. You look like a good, kind person. I'm not. Tell me what you know, or Terry and Sharon will never see you again. Welcome back, fellow governors. We're back in the DC Batverse with the zany world of Pennyworth. This is the Pennyworth podcast from TV Podcast Industries, and we're looking at Season 2, Episode 1, The Heavy Crown. I am one of your zany hosts, John. (laughs) Well, I'm your other host, Derek. I wouldn't call myself zany. (laughs) It's great to be back with Pennyworth, though. It is. I love uh, Pennyworth. It's, It's just so... Kooky, uh-huh. weird, zany, good fun. Um, yeah, I, I was I was laughing a lot really in in this episode, uh, particularly with um, old Captain Sykes now, mm-hmm. as she will be known. Um, and Are yeah, Lieutenant Sykes. Lieutenant no, it was Captain Sykes. Captain, uh-huh, it's Captain good. Sykes. Very good. I should have that in my notes. <laughs> um, so yeah, really, really good. And yeah, just this fairly dystopian world that is. Uh, England under the rule of the Raven Union. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be obviously talking spoiler filled discussion about season two, episode one, as we go into it. I was listening back on our uh, final episode for our season one coverage. And what struck me was we had no idea whether the show was coming back for a second season. They t- kind of tied everything up. Uh, finished it off with the Raven Union leaders, or the Raven League leaders at the time, uh, all in prison. Um, and we had loads of speculation about what would happen with the new season start, with Alfred already being in America. Uh, all the rest of the cast kind of left behind him, except for probably Martha and uh, and Thomas Wayne. Um, but yeah, we were like we were pretty close as to what the plan is that they were going to be heading off to America, that they're going to be in an underground fighting against the Raven League who may rise up again. We got all that kind of stuff sort of right, but we had no idea we were coming back for a second season at the time. And that's over a year ago. There has been delays to the production of Pennyworth because of, uh, obviously, the horrible C-word, the more horrible C-word than the other (laughs) horrible C-word, which caused some delays in the release of Pennyworth. They started filming it earlier this year um, and came back back after uh, the lockdown, initial lockdowns anyway, and finished filming uh, Pennyworth season two so we've been really lucky to be able to see uh, the first couple of episodes of season two uh, so we can podcast about them in time for the release on epics on uh, December 13th I yes think is the release date. and it's really good to be back podcasting mm-hmm. we uh, finished up probably about a month ago now yeah. uh, doing uh, Lovecraft Country on our dreadful podcast from TV podcast industries yeah. and also uh, the boys season two mm-hmm. uh, on our main feed TV podcast industry. So thanks to all of those of you who have been subscribed to us uh, as we've been podcasting quite a lot this year with the old lockdowns. Um, and thank you 
uh, for all of those of you who have stuck with us and have come back to the Pennyworth podcast mm-hmm. from TV Podcast Industries. Yes, um, it's amazing to think that we started in the DC Batverse with Gotham yeah. and still to this day, what, six years on, six, maybe seven, going, seven, going yeah. to on to seven, we are still continuing with this Batverse world on TV with Pennyworth. Yeah, all due to Bruno Heller and Danny Cannon, who created uh, Gotham and also created Pennyworth. So, uh, yeah. So great to have them involved. And in case you missed it, John mentioned we've done a lot of podcasts. In case you missed it this year, we did hit our wonderful milestone of 500 episodes of our podcast. We're at about 530 now. But just to mention it, in case you didn't hear it, we did get a lovely message from one of the cast of Pennyworth, uh, Hainsley Lloyd Barrett, who plays yeah. Baza. Uh, very nice of him to send a message into us. In case you missed it, here's the message because I think it's really nice to play. Hi guys, my name is Hayes Lloyd Bennett. I play Baza on the epic show Pennyworth. We're really looking forward to getting back to work on season two, hopefully later on at some point this year. But in the meantime, I'd like to congratulate TV Podcast Industries on their epic 500th episode. Can't wait to hear it myself. Enjoy the show, guys. Hopefully, Hazley did get to hear our 500th episode. Hopefully, you got to hear our 500th episode as well. But if you didn't, just thought it was really nice of him to send in the message to us. I thought I'd play it for the Pennyworth fans, specifically going into season two. Uh, we've really enjoyed uh, Hazley on the show. I love love his character, Baz. I love the interplay between him and yeah, Dave Boy definitely. and uh, and Alfie, of course, the three of them together. Uh, working together this season, uh, and probably, hopefully, even more than they did last season, because I love the kind of interplay between all three of them. They've been really good. Well, fans. that's it. It's kind of one of those things is, do we want, actually... Alfie to go off to America because will Baza and Davy Boy be left behind or yeah. will they go with him and there'll be some really interesting stuff that that comes out of that like I, I even just you know if they really did take it forward mm-hmm. would um Davy Boy or Baza be one of those Gotham villains maybe that they fall or that they become another ally in in some way Um, but I suspect this show isn't going that far at all but let's see Uh, maybe in season three if we do get one uh, there will be um, (laughs) Alfred with his bags turning up at Wayne Manor Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah I think uh, there is a suggestion in in the show itself that they are going to go with Alfie to America that is the big plan that they have so potentially during the season we'll see that plan fall apart (laughs) but we'll we we will stop speculating about the rest of season two because we uh, are very lucky to have a season two Um, we had season one last year and didn't know as I said that uh, that it was going to be coming back so I'm delighted to have Pennyworth back on our television screens yeah definitely I I think before we get into to our spoiler fill review you know the pennyworth podcast has been off air for a, about a year now so it's just to remember if you haven't please subscribe to us over on tvpodcastindustries.com or you can subscribe to the pennyworth podcast to any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice or dare i say it i think last uh time we did pennyworth it was any straight laced or groovy there podcast player um yet yeah, we are on spotify apple podcasts Google Podcasts, uh, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just search any good podcast catcher for TV podcast <laughs> industries. Over on Amazon Podcasts now as well. 
And we're on Amazon Podcasts. So yeah, you name it, uh, you can search for us and find us there. And of course, if you want to send any of your thoughts in, please send it to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com for any ideas, theories, discussion points on this season of Pennyworth because we will be having our regular uh, welcome to the Royal Mail feedback section. Um, so please, yeah, uh, bring on the the discussion and comments for all things Pennyworth Season 2. It's tough to remember how we covered each of our individual shows, isn't it, John? Because we've done so many shows over the years, it's tough to remember how we did exactly uh, our changes for each of the shows. I know when we did Pennyworth Season 1, because it was a prequel and it was setting up what happens to, to Alfred. Before his time in Gotham, we kind of set it up as questions, uh, our top five questions about the episode. I don't know that really works for the season two now as structure. So I think we're going to take just our major points about the show. We'll talk about that in a minute as we get into our major points, the things that stood out to us about the episode. Um, but first up, let's talk about the title for the episode. One big change really going into season two. And I even saw Bruno Heller uh, comment on it on an interview that he did at, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, the virtual Comic-Con that was on uh, last year, New York Comic-Con as well. Uh, he was involved in that talk talking about Pennyworth and he was kind of joking about the fact that last season he was sitting on his own in his room writing the scripts for each of the episodes and then he'd just title it with the name of a very famous uh, British lady during the 60s. That's uh, That was his guide and he'd just write the name of a, of a British uh, singer or uh, popular lady from the 60s. And everybody asked him after the season. We speculated the whole way through the season as to why he chose <laughs> this and everybody just speculated why was it that he was choosing these and he just said... I just wanted to have something to name the, to name the episodes. So it seems like he's taken that on board and has given some titles to the episodes that he's writing, um, that make a little more sense to do with what's the context of the episode, a usual kind of standard title of the episode, something about what's happening in here. This first episode, episode one of season two is called The Heavy Crown. Now I'm suspecting this is a reference to Shakespeare, um, the, the line heavy or uneasy is the head that wears the crown. Cause we have in here, we have uh, a couple of people. We have the Queen, obviously, the person that does wear the crown in the UK. We have the Raven Union who are trying to get control of the UK. They want to get the crown. But we also have Alfred and his own plans and his own uh, abilities. Maybe he has the heavy head wearing the crown. But that's all speculation, I think. Yes, but it, the phrase heavy or uneasy is the head that was the crown comes from kind of an English idiom now at this stage, meaning that those charged with major responsibility carry a heavy burden that makes it difficult for them to relax. There you go. So let's just see. Maybe there's going to be a Shakespeare theme to the titles of this season. <laughs> uh, but certainly um this episode was written by Bruno Heller and was directed by Danny Cannon. The, uh, the duo, the Bat duo have returned yeah. uh, for episode one of season two. It's really cool, isn't it? and yeah. direct. Yeah. yeah, it is really cool because all the way throughout their time on Gotham together, both of them worked on usually the first episode of the season and the last episode of every season of Gotham. And those, ep those seasons were 22 episodes long. Uh, with Pennyworth, it's eight episodes. So last season, I think Bruno Heller wrote all eight, maybe seven of the eight. Um, and Danny Cannon directed a lot of them as well. So it is their vision in the DC universe that's here. And as we, as we noticed last season, this is the kind of view of, of UK in the sixties through the vision of the DC universe. So it's, it's what did they say? It was like 36 degrees off, uh, the real England. At yeah. The time. It's kind of a mixture between medieval uh -huh. sort of 
interwar between World War One, World War Two, uh, into the sixties. Yeah. Um, it, it really has a, a vibe of across all those kind of different time periods. A bit like with Gotham as well, that yeah. mixed uh, old with the new with ancient. So uh, really, really good. Excellent, John. Do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the first episode of season two of Pennyworth? Sure. All has changed in England. Lord Harwood has established the Raven Union under authoritarian rule and the No-Name League, accompanied by the Queen and Church, have retreated to enclaves as the English League. Captain Sykes is heading up Raven Union interrogations in Norfolk, but hasn't quite settled in yet and really does not appreciate her superior officer's request for a cuppa. (laughs) She dispatches her boss and helps the suspected Leaguer to escape the detention centre. Meanwhile, Alfie, Dave Boy and Baza run the Delaney Club in No Man's Land in the London enclave of Soho, keeping the peace between Raven and Liga. After hours, the boys continue as guns for hire. As the Raven Union presses their advantage, Alfie is approached by Martha to infiltrate enemy lines and kidnap a Union officer called John Salt, a seemingly unimportant logistics man in the Union Army. Pennyworth uses his former army veteran, Captain Gulliver Gunny Troy, to play both sides against one another for money to further his dream of moving to America. Little does he know, with Salt returned to the Ravens, he can continue his work on Project Stormcloud, a plan to deal a deadly chemical attack against the English League and the Enclaves of Resistance. Your first time here, I expect. Our policy is no politics, no firearms. Everyone rubs along together and enjoys himself. So as I mentioned earlier on, if it's your first time here, I love that quote from uh, from Alfie, if it's your first time here, the way we're going to cover these episodes for our discussions about Pennyworth Season 2, we're going to talk about our Alfie and the Boys moment, a section about Alfie, Dave Boy and Baza and the people they interact with, our section about the Raven Union, the bad guys of the show, and our section about the English League, the... Sort of other bad guys of the show. Yeah, slash good guys. I mean, <laughs> look, it's got Martha on there, so, you know. And oh, the Queen, if you're a royalist, maybe, that makes her a, a, a bad... Bishop, a if you like Christianity. Oh, yeah, yeah, possibly. Uh, I did like, it did make me laugh quite a lot hearing that they changed the name from the No Name League to the English League, because it makes me, makes me think they have so little creativity <laughs> in their group that they go, what could we change our name from? The No Name League to the English League. That's so... Imaginative. So imaginative. No imagination. No there. wonder they're losing. Exactly. Uh, and certainly by the looks of those maps, um, mm-hmm. they are certainly on a hiding to nothing at the moment. Yeah. Of course. Those are our top three points, and then we'll talk about anything else that hasn't been covered within those points. And any notes that came up, any references that we want to talk about. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. As John mentioned earlier on, you can email us to feedback at TV Podcast Industries with any of your thoughts about the show. But let's start off, John, with... Our Alfie and the Boys moment. What's going on with Alfie and the Boys? Well, the boys are back, basically. Mm-hmm. It's really good to see these three together. Um, I, I really like the fact, you know, Alfie is still struggling with the after effects of season one. You uh-huh. know, so it's a nice little just call back the, the fact that he, you know, killed his father yeah. and everything blew up. Um, all, all, all that is still kind of resonating with him. We see that a bit here with a little bit of a flashback, um, from, from Alfie whilst they're staking out, uh, an English manor house or they call it a farm, actually. I mean, I can say that is the plushest farm <laughs> I've ever seen, but nonetheless, 
Uh, you know, he's staked out with Dave uh, and Baza and, uh, you know, long, long day and night mm-hmm. sort of scoping out this, this farm and, uh, you know, maybe too much tea because straight <laughs> into it, they're having a cuppa. Yeah, um, I don't know whether they're dunking a few digestives oh, or some chalky bickies. Oh, yeah. um, maybe a custard cream. Perfect but, for a steak out, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's kind of, from doing nothing, like mm-hmm. we all know from the last sort of eight months or so, um, is a little knackered yeah. and yeah, a little bit of a flashback. So I, I kind of, so, I, I kind of do like that because you know there's a few references back there. His his mum is still alive. Um, yeah. His dad is is dead now, but he is being held up by the Raven Union as a martyr and, and as yeah. a hero. Uh, Alfie is still just that, that middleman, you know, he's non-committal to the Raven Union and the in- English League. Um, he kind of works in between the space. He's probably slightly more English League than Raven Union, but I mean, we, we see this with this mission then that he, he takes up, um, after being approached by Martha and Inspector Aziz, mm-hmm. um, yep. who is also from season one and um, to go and get this, as I say, seemingly ordinary John Salt, who's at this, um, farm here. I will say I have to get my ear back into the language of, uh, of, <laughs> of Pennyworth, the uh, accents, I'll say, maybe not language, but I spent my entire episode writing notes, uh, calling him John Sons. Or John Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I got John, but uh, over and over again until uh, until towards right at the end of the episode, I think they reference him as Salt, and it was very clearly put. But the whole episode, I was like, "What is this? <laughs> what is his name? I can't spell it right." Uh, but yes, John Salt um, at on, Swan's Farm. At Swan's Farm of the uh, of the Raven Union. Um, yeah, this guy is. A terrifying little villain uh, for the episode, isn't he? <laughs> Proper psychopath. Um, yeah. yeah. But we'll talk about him a little bit more in a second. Um, what I want to talk about really is just the changes in Alfie um, and the team as well, just to mention it. Uh, it. He's got a much higher upgrade since last season. He was a real chancer in the first season. He was playing people off against each other to make money, uh, playing people off against each other to get influence uh, a lot as well. And now we see he not only, he's not a bouncer anymore, uh, which is basically what himself and the boys were doing. They were the security uh, t- the security team effectively and they did at nights they did their other security jobs effectively but um in this season they now seem to own the club um, they yep. seem to own it I, th- I think they do there doesn't seem to be anybody else there uh but Alfie's still kind of still managing the security as a manager this time uh in in here trying to keep apart the uh the league supporters and the raven supporters uh who are all allowed to come to their go-go club nice little uh Danny Cannon and uh, Bruno Heller touch here where we have the go-go dancers, uh, male and female go-go yeah, dancers, yeah. which is a nice little change uh, from what it would have been like in the 60s, what it was like in the in the real 60s. Uh, but I love they're all wearing the same costumes and they're all doing the dance routines up on stage up there. Really nice touch. But I think Alfie is the manager of that club. He's gotten himself into a much higher position. Yeah, he's got now. himself an office. He, yeah. he seems to be running the club. Um, and, and certainly then with... Dave Boy and Baza there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have that really nice scene where you, you understand that, um, they're, they're using this money, they're saving it in order to head off to America. Yeah. Um, where even if America was 50 times, uh, worse than you thought it was, it would still be a uh, hundred times better than 
Britain. I mean, I think as um, as Tom Thomas Wayne says when he's in in his CIA role in America, speaking to some kind of Security Council, it says it'll make Arkham Asylum look like a country club. Yes. yes so uh, Britain is truly in a desperate state with this civil war happening between the Ravens and the English Leaguers. Yeah. So it, that that's kind of interesting, and also. You know, we, we see with Alfie and his mom, you know, things are kind of troubled for his mother. You know, Alfie wants her to come to America with him, but she's, she, she's not really, her heart's not in that. And yeah. um, she, she feels that the, the Ravens, if they do capture London, which is one of these resistance enclaves, mm-hmm. that because of her husband, she'll be treated well by them. But she has a really nice little phrase just to really kind of hammer home a point to Alfie. Uh, he's saying, well, you can live in an orange grove. And she goes, but I like cabbages. And it doesn't mean I want to live in a cabbage patch. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think if, uh, you know, with Alfie, with America on the horizon, whenever or if that comes in this season, mm-hmm. um, then certainly he will be saying farewell to his mother as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and But it does sound like the boys are going to go with them. It does sound like Baza and, uh, and Dave Boy are willing to give up their place. But I love that throughout this episode, we see Dave Boy doing all his... Um, research i guess and <laughs> we hear that he's been talking to friends about america and being told that it's not as good as as people make it out to be the, the streets aren't paved with gold kind of thing uh, and then later on we hear that great conversation about uh, him reading this uh, magazine which is showing that uh, over in america they have prostitutes that look like film stars and then he kind of reads another article that says that there are uh, di- that are diners shaped like dinosaurs and he's going, well, if they can have that, then they can definitely have prostitutes that are like, <laughs> like film stars. <laughs> I love the kind of uh, justification that he has, but he seems to be on board as long as he's uh, as long as he's kept safe and, and, and taken care of by Alfie and, and Baz. I think, but I love the interplay between those guys. Yeah, yeah, and of course, the other thing is that the death of Esme is still resonating mm-hmm. with Alfie as well. But it does seem as though he's maybe got a new bit of eye candy from the club. Yeah. Uh, another singer as well, so uh-huh. he's certainly got a type. So we'll see how that plays out maybe over the season. Yeah. And yes, Alfie does have a type. Uh, We've come back in after we finished recording, realizing that um, the singer on stage is actually Sandra. Sandra Onslow from season one. The landlord's daughter, John. And we completely forgot that while we were recording our original version of the podcast, we completely didn't notice that it's the same actress from season one. I think it's because she's all dolled up and she's up on stage and she's singing the wonderful Dusty Springfield song, um, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. It's yeah. really cool and we just thought she was a singer in... And I think t- time has lapsed, so she's yeah. she's older and it's the club setting, not the pub setting. Yeah. And I think as well, uh, we did think uh, she was called Sherry. Cue a lot of uh, dry sherry or sweet sherry jokes That's from right. myself. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because she always had that kind of um, crush and, you know, she looked up to Alfie. Mm. Um, there was definitely this kind of admiration. Um, Alfie wasn't having any of it. And, and there's, there's something. Some of it last yeah, season. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's something here uh, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, it'll be interesting if he's going to include her in the plans for. Um, America. America. I, I I get the impression she's not. So that will be interesting to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, who knows? She it's a year later. 
Possibly she's pro-Raven Union. Mm, so is she going to be a double-edged sword? Will she actually be an infiltrator of some description? Mm. Um, will she um, be a spy for the the Raven Union? I mean, this club is in that no-man's land. It has mm-hmm. both Raven Union and uh, English Leaguers in the. She could be someone who is or has been gotten to, um, to, to get close to Alfie, mm. you know, use that former relationship. Certainly she's got her dad that could be, you know, have threats against him. So mm. uh, who knows? Sid. Maybe we'll see Sid back. Exactly. Um, or if simply put, she could just be the new flame for Alfie. Um, but he certainly likes a singer. True, true. But maybe she is, uh, just duplicitous. Uh, who knows? I, I always think people are not what they seem uh, in this because I think, you know, yeah, you, you know, as you say, the English League should be the good guys here against the Raven Union, but they just don't really come across as that. Yeah. Alfie is this player, effectively, um, who is more about the hard cash Absolutely. rather than maybe the morality of whether he is backing, you know, a, a fascist Raven Union or... In some respects, an equally high establishment English league, exactly. uh, which has like a bishop as its its uh, prime minister mm-hmm. or leader. So yeah, church and state certainly aren't separated Absolutely. there at the moment. Yeah, that's an interesting change, isn't it, from from real history? Yeah, I like that touch. And I suppose that kind of leads to the big twist within the story of Alfie and the boys. This episode, they do kidnap uh, John Salt. Um, and take him exactly the way they were supposed to take him, uh, bring him back to Martha and uh, and to uh, Inspector Aziz, hand him over. And then we find out at the end of the episode that effectively they have hired somebody else to kidnap him back off the police, give him back to the Raven Lee to get even more money. So they've, so that is our, that's our Alfie really. He's, he's playing all angles yeah. to get as much money out of this as possible. Um, our new, our new big character here, I suppose, that uh, played by James Purfoy, one of the uh, one of the big actors uh, coming into the second season of the show. Uh, recently, I know we saw him on Sex Education on uh, on Netflix. Uh, he plays the main character's father on that. So, uh, but he's been in loads and loads of other stuff in the past. So, a big actor on board here. What that means for me is we probably are going to see him back later in the season. Um, seems a little bit like Alfie isn't a massive fan of this guy. Yeah, no, it it really doesn't. It's kind of like he, you know, he's happy enough to deal with them, but it's someone that he didn't bond with in in the un- military unit that mm-hmm. they were assigned to, or whether maybe Gully has done something pretty bad in the past, and and um, but this is the only person he can reach out to to do it. But it's kind of it just seems like a working relationship. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. You know, once the deal is done, they part ways and we'll never see one another again. But I suspect that won't be happening. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like there is this mention from this new character, Captain Gulliver Gully Troy. Uh, he mentions that he wants to work again with Alfie because it's easy working with him. And you just get this kind of feeling that there's tension between the two of them. I wonder, was he a former captain that did something um not great in the army when he when he worked with Alfie, but I feel like we're going to see more of the character. As I said, uh, quite a big actor uh, coming on board for season two. So I wonder are we going to see more of him uh, throughout the season? I'm sure we are. Sure. Yeah, and, and the other thing as well is that he does kind of make it known to Alfie that this John Salt was bigger than, uh, or higher up, I should say, in the Union Army mm-hmm. than what 
Alfie thought when he kidnapped him. Yeah. So you, you have this really good moment where uh, John Salt is really trying to get into um, Alfie's mind. Um, you know, John Salt is this creep, really. Yeah. He's a bit of a slime ball and a psychopath to, to go with it. And you can see him playing on um, the his dad's death and him being a hero and how he admires him. And Alfie really isn't paying much attention to him because he's been told that this guy basically heads up, I don't know, kitchen supplies for the <laughs> the Union Army or something. And uh, financier, I think. Yeah, it? so he's, he's you know he's kind of head of the catering corps or something like that. <laughs> so it's just like. You're really, uh, we're just doing this mm-hmm. and, but you're, you're nothing really. We don't quite understand why, um, Martha wants you. Um, but it is Gully who kind of really says that he's higher up in, in the brass of the Union, Raven Union army that, than, um, he first realized because they, you know, he kind of admonishes himself saying we could have got more money than yeah. what we got. So, yeah. but John Salt here, I think it, it's again, just that great character that is introduced here by Hella and Cannon um, where, you know, I'm sure we'll see more of him as the season progresses but uh-huh. even if we don't, it's just a great introduction, you know um, he is bloody, he's prim and proper, He he's that kind of controlling fascist um, who is pure bureaucracy he, he, you know he smacks of the Gestapo where yes. he's coming in and he, he only wants a, a chicken cutlet which I have never heard chickens what having did... cutlets before yeah. but um, that seems to be it'd be like really really small and um, what but would it be though I don't know yeah, I'm really any, any any thoughts on this fellow governors yeah. please send them in I have no idea what a chicken cutlet would like I know a drumstick I know a wing I know a breast I know a full roast chicken chicken pie chicken pasty (laughs) chicken soup uh you name it but i've never heard of a chicken cutlet i think i've heard of a lamb cutlet i've heard of a pork cutlet 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 uh but yeah chicken cutlet seems like it would be really small almost like finger food but you know he's he drinks sherry of all things well i mean that's a standard i I have not known anyone drink sherry uh since my gran and you know that's this is upper class 60s remember so and, and it's during the war as well so uh we do hear that alfie's been substituting the uh the premium uh drinks uh champagne for example is being substituted with uh with English made champagne yeah. and local London. Chateau Bermondsey. Chateau de Bermondsey, yes. Yeah, where we, yes, we know that chateau very well. We certainly do. Um, and uh, I think ultimately, though, all that prim and properness, that, that cleanliness, you know, he smacks of, as though he's just sanitized himself about a million times, this John, mm-hmm. John Salt. But he is a bit salty. Um, not only with his wife, he does like a bit of uh, front of fire uh, lovemaking. He certainly As does. we see, I love when they burst in on him and you you hear the two of them going at it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you just see Alfie, uh, Bazza and Dave Boy just kind of, oh, no, get your clothes on. Right. Well, um, you hear them going, we thought somebody was being killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, right. really good. Speaking of being killed, though, what, well, what exactly. Mr. Salt is actually involved in it is uh, interrogation of George Orwell, the writer of 1984. Yeah. Uh, very interesting, because I wonder, it, there's a, a little tiny reference that he makes while he's interrogating Orwell uh, about 1984. He says he used to be in a, a group that operated out of a place called called room 101 uh, which is a, a, a section that's within 
1984, which is where the phrase came from, effectively. So it makes me wonder whether Salt is showing off that he was a fan of Orwell beforehand, uh, before everything happened, yeah. before becoming a part of the Union. When he was younger, he was in this group that named themselves after the book, or else it's just a coincidental piece of writing. Like, actually, just Bruno Heller's just putting it in as a bit of a joke that this guy was in Room 101, effectively. Um, I don't know which way around it's supposed to be played, but uh, but I feel... He knows who George Orwell is. Everybody does. Um, he's a he is a bit very conflicting character, I suppose. Very um, very heavily political character in in this world because of what's happening within England. Uh, he would be even more political than he was when he wrote the the book about effectively Nazi Germany taking over the world. Um, their their idea ideology taking over the world. Well, like, yeah, it's reading a, on it, it's a good it? yeah, it's yeah. a good cultural touch point. You know, George Orwell effectively. Um, wrote about authoritarian regimes, whether yes. it was communist or, or fascist. Right. Um, famously, he, um, you know, fought alongside, um, the Spanish socialists in, uh, Franco, the Spanish Civil War, where Franco obviously was aided by, um, the, the, the Nazis, um, in, in terms of establishing a, a fascist regime in, in Spain under Franco. Um, so, you know, it, it culturally it connects really nicely with this idea of the Raven Union, who are heavily authoritarian, and uh, ultimately George Orwell has been kind of uh, writing a few nasty things about Lord Harwood and, and the Ravens, uh, and so John Salt is here to really get him uh, to to find out more about it, or so we think. But actually, it's ultimately just to kill him and, and play with him like a cat with a mouse. And uh, wow. wow. Uh, not th- in that order. Not way. not in that order, but it is once just killed. He's he's dispatched pretty quickly, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, he really is, and it's. Just, I, this is what I love about this this show because, um, they really don't hold back. I mean, that pointy knife being pushed into uh, Orwell's ear. I was just like, oh my goodness, uh-huh. and, and you know, and then straight into the furnace. No messing about. Um, he's still, still alive, kind though. of slightly alive, so yeah. you hear his scream as he starts getting burnt alive. But yeah. effectively, he's just being dispatched by by John Salt for uh, attacking Harwood and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he certainly won't do it again. Well, absolutely, I guess he won't be writing any anything further against Harwood and the uh, and the Ravens. Um, yeah, that was uh, it's pretty brutal. But we do get a bit more of John Salt's story after the whole switcheroo that Al- that Alfie does to get a bit more money out of the two groups. Um, um, I really felt like this came directly from Gotham. I honestly was kind of going, you know, get let John Salt grow a little older, lose his hair. Maybe he could become uh, Professor Strange from from uh, from Gotham. Uh, he seemed like he's being aided by someone very like Miss Peabody, who was the aide right beside um, <laughs> Professor Strange in Gotham. Um, it feels like that scene almost was taken from uh, from a plan that might might have been happening with uh, in Gotham with with Professor Strange. I thought that was quite interesting, where he's effectively working on this thing called the Storm Cloud, yeah. um, which is a chem- chemical weapon uh, designed to kill people. Uh, but he finds out that unfortunately it gives them uh, some disastrous side effects. Makes them well, uh, because death is gruesome. Exactly. So he he, he goes to his assistant. Um, excellent death in eleven seconds. But we need to remove the markings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it needs to be that they the people have died peacefully. Whereas yes. the the the, the test subject that they're uh, testing the gas on yeah. is kind of disfigured and kind of like 
you know, mouth opens and, and that won't do that. It needs to look like a pure death in a sense. Did you think this was a reference to, I, I got, well, anyway, did you think possibly this is a reference to Batman 89, the Tim Burton Batman, where Joker was using the gas to kill people and they die with a smile on their face? Exactly. Kind of thing. You definitely. Know, is this, is definitely. this a little bit of that kind of Joker gas? Definitely. Maybe. Yeah. But ultimately, this is the big threat potentially on the resistance enclaves of the English League, mm-hmm. uh, which are London, Manchester, Liverpool, um, Cornwall, I think, and Devon, kind of the, the toe end of Britain. Okay. The little foot that sticks out underneath Wales. Yeah. And, and also parts of Norfolk, weirdly. Interesting. Um, and I'm very proud, um, for our newer listeners who haven't, haven't joined us before. Uh, John is from a town uh, in between Liverpool and Manchester, very close to both uh, cities and had a lot of love for both cities. So very proud to hear that those two are some of the enclaves that are, uh, abstaining exactly. from, for our fighting back against the Raven League, let's say. Yes, we're, we're first. Really stubborn uh, yeah, people uh, in this part of the world. But interesting that you, that, that uh, <laughs> Liverpool and Manchester would and, and London would be the three cities joining up. But uh, that's mostly because they're kind of capitals of uh, of England. All three of them, really. <laughs> Kinda, I suppose, if you want to think of it like that. Yeah, that's why not? There you go. There you go. Um, but, but I like that. I was yeah. very proud. I was very proud. But I did also mention Norfolk there, and I think that brings us nicely to our Raven Union uh, section of this discussion because we see the glorious Bet Sykes here, um, now Captain Sykes, uh, in charge of interrogation at a Raven um, detention centre. And uh, yeah, I just fabulous. And once again, Paloma Faith um, just delivers Sykes so, so well. I love this. I mean, I was just chuckling all the way through. Yeah. Um, the accent just again reminds me slightly of home um uh, certainly you know that northern accent um really nicely done and uh i just thought you know her references are northern um uh, really really good absolutely this one particularly made me laugh straight away are you not heard of deodorant co-op do a good one you can't beat the co-op can you Quality and value. <laughs> Quality and value down the co-op. I love it. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, just great to have her on board uh, back again for season two. She was the first character we saw in season one of Pennyworth, our first real introduction to the show. Uh, Paloma Faith, have not done a huge amount of acting that I'm aware of before Pennyworth. I think she may have done one or two things, but obviously a singer and uh, she's much more well known for her music and for her music videos and stuff like that. But we couldn't have expected her to be as great a character as she was in season one. And once again, her introduction in season two is big. Like it's, yeah. it's great. You know, we we haven't really mentioned it. We're in the, the Raven Union section here. We haven't really mentioned it. But the end of last season was all four of them standing comically like the Batman animated series or like Batman 66. All four of them standing side by side in different cages uh, <laughs> after being being arrested. We were joking about the fact that this looks like something where you put all the villains side by side in prison and they're definitely going to break out. There's a time jump here. They've all gotten out. And the Raven League has now become the Raven Union and taken over all of England. So yeah, it's a real 180 degree turnaround here. Um, uh, Harwood has seized the initiative. Yeah. And of course, uh, Bet Sykes and her sister Peggy, who we don't see in this, this episode, yeah. but I really hope she's back, uh, in, in this season, mm-hmm. um, are kind of have helped him out. Yeah. And so we see that. 
Bet has this promotion. Uh, she's now wearing a, a rather kind of uh, Nazi Germany-looking uh, outfit. Well, it um, looks like it's designed by Hugo Boss. Rebels yeah. are being um, rounded up, mm. a la Empire Strikes Back, and yep. of course, you know. It is the Raven Union bad, absolutely, in this. But the thing I really liked about this whole sequence that we see through uh, the episode with with Bet Sykes is you don't question her loyalty to what she's doing. And then over time, we just see... You know, she she's not settled. That I, I I don't know whether she has swapped sides. That's not certainly not been brought out yet. No, no. But she does help one of the people that she's interrogating. Fairly, you know, she she's certainly threatening. She does a lot of threatening to the the lady in the seat, but she doesn't do anything, and in the end, helps her escape. I think there's a great moment where she is taking it out of the detention center uh, and the the girl who's been saved is like what the f is going on because yeah. <laughs> she just didn't expect it and it that's kind of the whole thing in this episode of what the f is going on with bet sykes mm-hmm. captain sykes is she a out and out supporter of the raven union mm. um and if not why not what has happened in that year it's difficult to know but all the way through this, she has some great lines. Certainly. Um, from uh, really poor scones that she doesn't want to be left with. Uh, she, scones. <laughs> she she needs she needs the ones with uh, with currants. Uh huh. Um, to uh, clobbering her her uh, commander uh, over the head yep. because he's indignantly asked her for a cuppa to be made. Absolutely. And, um, it's Captain Sykes to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. She really does. Take no messing. I, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it when um, the person that she's been interrogating, Katie Brownling, uh, is, is sitting there kind of shouting at her, going, he's already dead, he's dead, stop hitting him. And then the response from, from <laughs> Beth going, what are you, a doctor now? <laughs> really good. Great, just great moments with her. But yes, I, I do wonder what's happened with her since uh, since the last time. It felt like, felt like in season one, she kind of fell into uh, working with the Raven League. Uh, that's what it felt like. Yeah, and, it's and her she only was, option. Kind yeah, of thing. well, yeah. yeah, but I think now it's her only option I think that's where that's why she's still with them because Casey's going um, going to her you can do whatever you want like what is it that you want to do why are you here you know and yeah. you have you get that kind of conversation between the two of them where she's saying well if I could be anything at all I'd be an air steward um, I'd fly on planes go travel around the world and help people that that would be great but I'm here because I'm here I'm here because I have to be here exactly kind of there's so. a bit of interrogation coming from Casey Browning mm-hmm. in, in the chair as well you know why are you here she asks her she goes I'm not a fascist I'm here because I'm here. It's just like, this is where I landed. There was no plan, preconceived notion. It's just that I was put in prison. I had to get out. Lord Harwood was my way out. And because of helping him, and now he's in charge pretty much of most of the country Mm -hmm. and the army, that I found myself in the Raven Union Army. So she's there by accident, it seems, yeah. rather than by her own and now, design. And now because it's a war, yeah. she can't really get out of it. It's kind of the kind of thing until uh, she just walks right out the front door and goes off for a bus. Which <laughs> 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 is great. I've got to go find herself to bus stop. Uh, really interesting, though. So I'm intrigued what's happening with the Raven Union this season. Um it seems like just such a weird thing, you know, to end season one with, you know, Alfie the winner, uh, everybody being locked up. Um 
Eileen Thwait, one of the leaders of uh, of the No Name League, being hanged, and and uh, the Prime Minister gone. You know, we we saw all of the proper end at the end of season one of all of these big things, and then suddenly they go. Well, time's passed and the, the Revenue Union's here and they've taken over most of the country. So uh, I'm sure we're going to get an explanation of what's happened. I'm sure we're going to find out how they how they all escaped. Um, maybe, from, maybe from not. Maybe it will just be, this is the new reality. Get on with it. Maybe. maybe. You know? I, I, I want to see it. I, I do want to see it. Um, is that it for the Revenue Union and, and Beth Sykes? There's, uh, there's a lot I, in there, really. I think but, so, yeah. yeah. I, it's just, I think as well, just quickly, so it's not actually over, uh, <laughs> until, until uh, Bet Sykes crashes you uh, over the head with the kettle. Uh-huh. But the, the the moment where she's taking um, Katie Brownling out and there's the two uh, Raven officials behind the counter and they've got the scones yes. and uh, she's saying, don't eat them all and don't leave me any of the bad scones. Yeah. Uh, they need to have raisins or currants in them. Yeah. And uh, one of the ladies behind the, the guy at the front desk, just her head kind of pops off to one side and she goes, cheeky. Uh. And it's just, <laughs> I love, it's just, it. it's a very particular sense of humor, um, which is just, it's a physical, uh, almost slapstick humor. Yeah. Just really nicely uh, caught, I think, in, in that scene, uh, that it doesn't feel dated. It just feels really good and, and real for this universe that's yeah. been created. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a good lot of banter and pitter patter with Sykes and anyone she's in the room with, whether it's her boss being smacked over the head, uh-huh. whether it is Katie or whether it's the two extras playing sort of, um, People on the front desk of yeah. a detention center, or, or as we had earlier on, the uh, the smelly uh, yeah, <laughs> guy exactly. from, from uh, possible leaguer. Um, I, like I take it that these are all people that are just being rounded up, who are maybe they're not even opposing what's going on, but they're not joining the the Raven Union. They're all just being rounded up. She's kind of saying uh, to all of them before interrogation, just make up something to confess to because we'll find something to pin on you anyway. Yeah, uh, we just so. need the quota. I mean, yeah. she says that to, to Katie, be a love, give us some names. The yeah. gaffer needs his quota. Just go on, give me some names. Yeah, like, exactly. It is almost, I mean, it quite nicely encapsulates the administrative Kafka-esqueness of uh, authoritarian regimes that mm. kill you as much with bureaucracy and procedure as they do potentially with guns uh bullets and gas yeah, you know yeah. so it, it's kind of a nice little reference there as well yeah and we also saw in that video footage from the uh ravens tv didn't we see the the firing squad um where they where they <laughs> shot what look I shouldn't laugh, but I have to say I did because the other thing I noticed, I was going to put this in um, our notes section, but ultimately um, grannies seem to feature quite heavily here. Uh Certainly what I would consider as northern grannies with the headscarf, you know, Uh and and their big coat. But we see a load of um, grannies being executed by (laughs) <laughs> we see a load of grannies being executed by firing squads in, in Norwich, in, in Norfolk. Um, you know, these English League rebels. Where are um, they all grannies? I thought I saw like a greengrocer. <laughs> they, the, they're the ones that stood out for me. Okay. And I just thought it was kind of a dark sense of humor that, you know, these poor grannies and, you know, with the, it was very Norabati. Right. Uh, with the wrinkled stockings and that kind of overcoat with the headscarf. Um, Norabati's from a TV 
TV show called Last of the Summer yes, Wine, it uh, is. which is, a, again, a very British TV show, didn't translate over to America. No. And it does kind of jump to the question that came into my head when we when you were talking about earlier on with the very British sense of humor, the very British comedy that's in here. It still strikes me as so weird. The show is commissioned by Epics in the US. At last season was broadcast something like four or five months before it was broadcast in the UK to, to English people who would get all of the jokes. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like they are making it for BBC and it's being broadcast on a small <laughs> channel in America. You know? I suspect, um, that in some ways it's like when we first got to view The Wire mm-hmm. where we didn't understand what was being said in that sort of Baltimore accent, yeah. that that urban Baltimore accent in the same way this is... I mean, I presume Epics just thought this was how Shakespeare spoke um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, as they're around the, the boardroom. Um, <laughs> and But that most of uh, the people watching it in America have got kind of like Google is melting down yeah. as they're saying, what does this mean? Absolutely. What does that mean? Um, a bit like when The Wire came on here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, Everybody should be using their subtitles. Uh, unfortunately, in our preview episodes, there were no subtitles. So, as I said, even I was making mistakes on yeah. character names. So. On a word such as salt. Yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it wasn't said like that. Anyway, getting back to grannies. Okay. Um, yeah, so you had this execution of grannies, which I just kind of... I, I, I know you shouldn't laugh, you at, really firing shouldn't squads, laugh at firing squads, but no. this was quite funny. Not unless it's um, I can't do that in television, and, uh, which has firing squads in every comedy episode. No, exactly. And even, and even though I said in the synopsis that uh, Baza... Uh, and Alfie uh, and Dave Boy uh, infiltrated, which would suggest that they just snuck past enemy lines yeah. to um, Swan's Farm to get John Salt. Actually, just drove a Ford Transit van straight through <laughs> through the lines, or at least to to get back. And again, yeah. weirdly, there were two grannies at the border oh, around a an old sort of steel drum with a fire, so looking like hobos, except they had the headscarf, the the kind of trench coat, and, and the kind of slightly um slightly wrinkled uh, tights. And I was like, <laughs> what is it with grannies? Uh, they kind of, I think they waved as the 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 were transit carrying- van kind of burst through the enemy lines because um Dave Boy just put his head out and fires a, a, the, rocket a the rocket launcher yep. um uh, at at the at the checkpoint yeah. uh, on the enemy lines were the grannies carrying guns John not yet they but I suspect them. over the course of the season uh, they may be because I was wondering was that kind of a little dad's army kind of reference it could be this is Ma's army or Nan's army maybe well all I can say is if grannies are going to be the moniker this season uh-huh. uh, that permeate throughout this show, Excellent. fantastic. See, they've expanded from the Spicers and their S&M yeah. gear into uh, into <laughs> grands with guns. It actually just feels really kind of Monty Python-esque yeah. a bit, yeah. um, you know. Um, and I, that's the thing. It wouldn't surprise me if it's grown men. In, in granny outfits. Well, they're probably not there, but, but we'll check it closer uh, next episode in case we see more grands. <laughs> so watch out for grannies, fellow uh-huh. governors. Absolutely. Uh, that's probably another Raven Union. Um, just a quick kind of segment on the English League, because we've talked a lot about it already, but, uh, but one of the things probably to, to make a big mention of is that Martha is leading up her own team. She's a, um, she's a lieutenant herself in the English League. She's taking missions now. She has a team working for, her, um, 
definitely a little shadowing of her uh, of her son uh, in the opening scene where she's interrogating uh, someone for information about the Raven Union. Um, she gets chased out of the building and does this awesome swing out of the building and, and yeah, land that on was the ground. Cool. I was like, that's Batman, isn't it? That's yeah. Batman's mom. Yeah, Re- really, <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. yeah, you have her and then you have Thomas Wayne who has come back to the UK from America mm-hmm. as a cultural attaché, effectively, but still CIA. Of course. Um, there is a great awkwardness in Thomas and Martha uh, meeting up again, where, um, you know, Martha kind of wants to reignite the kind of... Um, the the relationship that she thought was there and Thomas has now told her that he's married um, or he's engaged, I should say. He's engaged, and, yes, to Betsy and- Van Witt. You know, had to look up Betsy Van yeah. Witt to see if there's any DC character, but there isn't one. So I presume it's just another one of the socialites of Gotham that he's gotten engaged to. Because um, remember, I think at the start of the, of the first season, we heard that his mom was trying to set him up with somebody of equal standing, of equal of equal class. Um, but yeah, that, that, that is a very awkward scene as Martha's kind of sidling up to him because he's he effectively went back to the US because he'd been shot. Um, and I presume she's kind of going, well, you came back to see me then, obviously. Exactly. You know? But he's saying he's now engaged and she's like trying to take it well. And he's like going, you thought we were still a, a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it kind of it escalates to Martha really having one of the great lines here where yeah. she goes, we didn't have a relationship I had your cockerel in my hand for five seconds, then you got shot. That's a funny story, not a relationship. <laughs> and this is what is great about Pennyworth. And by cockerel, I mean something else. Uh, yeah, I was wondering whether... Because we are a PG podcast, yes. so I can't quite say it. Can I leave that in? I'm, I think I'm you can. Cockerel, sure. yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a male, it's a male hen. It is uh, well, it's a male chicken. chicken. Yes. It's not swearing... It's factual. Um, and there's a few good lines like that yeah. that I wish we could say a bit more. There's mm-hmm. a great one in Delaney Club um, where someone talks about Harwood as Har- Harwood, that loony um, thing, which I certainly can't say for no. a PG podcast. No, I'm sorry. That's just what happens uh, <laughs> on our podcast, unfortunately. Uh, yes, but it's just it's just something to point out, you know, about, about her... Um, getting that role within the English League, uh, Martha being so heavily involved in it now. You know, there was uh, discussions from Thomas trying to push her away from that side. Now Thomas has been told by the CIA the English League is going to fall. So the CIA have to be supportive of whoever is going to be in power in, in England, and they believe the people that are going to be in power is the Raven Union. So that does put him in this awkward position where he's going... He doesn't want to support the Raven Union. He worked with the with the No Name League in the past. He worked with Martha in the past. So it puts him in this awkward position where he now has to kind of try and guide Martha out of it before she loses her life, which is what he thinks is probably going to happen. So he is really protective of her. He leaves her um, with effectively, you know where I am. If you ever need anything at all, come to me, please, kind of thing. And I think that's him trying to give her a way out or trying to encourage her away from uh, from her position in the English League. Yeah, definitely. And I think an honourable mention to Inspector Aziz here, who has now been promoted to the um, English League head council. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's still in here, and I'm, I'm glad he's back, because there is a nice little bit of tension between him 
and uh, Alfie Absolutely. because of what happened in season one and certainly around Esme because yeah. um, of who killed Esme. Uh-huh. Exactly. He knew who it was yeah. the whole time and never told Alfie uh, despite being in contact with him all the time. So, yeah, really intrigued to see how they're going. And that kind of is the reason why Alfie pulls this switcheroo to get the extra money is because he doesn't trust Aziz. He doesn't have any particular respect for Aziz. He does for Martha, but he doesn't have any particular respect for Aziz. So he's kind of pulling a, a fast one to get a bit of cash. Uh, and he even like sticks the knife in himself with, with Aziz kind of going, well, if you carry someone with such importance um, with two dumb cops in one car, then this yeah. is the kind of stuff that's going to happen to you, right? So uh, so I, I kind of like that. And I was wondering whether Aziz would pick up the fact that he did call out exactly how many police officers were with uh, were with John Salt uh, when they when he got taken back. Uh, I, I wondered whether Aziz would pick up on that fact that Alfie knew exactly that it was just one car, two cops, and Aziz in there. So, yeah. um, but he didn't. Or and, he didn't mention it. and he survived. Uh, like, if well, yeah. it was the Ravens coming back, they would probably take uh, Aziz. That's true. That's true. I know you mentioned the kind of uh, flashback, uh, as you were calling it, to, to his father. It was lovely to see uh, Ian, Ian Poulsen Davis back playing uh, Mr. Pennyworth uh, in the dream sequence that Alfie has. Because we noticed throughout season one, there was these dreams that Alfie was having about his past uh, in the war. And they started to develop into uh, a major part of the story. Um, in this season, we see... His father sitting on uh, on his chair, not recognizing Alfie, his son. He was saying he does have a son called Alfie, uh, and also seeing some uh, other members of uh, of armies that were sitting in the living room um, in this dream. So uh, they'll probably expand over the season, is what my thinking, because you hear uh, Baza called out that Alfie has these dreams pretty often, has these kind of odd dreams pretty often. Yeah, um, where he seems to wake up kind of. Uh, Startled, I suppose would be the, would be the right word. So, um, so we'll probably see a bit more of that throughout season two. I wonder what the dreams are going to indicate this season. So, uh, does, does Alfie have some kind of superpower where he predicts things or connects things in his mind? <laughs> we never know. Yeah, never. absolutely. Um, I think onto some notes here. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a quick note from me is that, you know, Thomas is back. As you mentioned, he's, his injuries are recovered from when he got shot there at the end of uh, season one. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's come back from America and it, but he does say that, um, you know, through his injuries and the c- recovery that he's had over the last year, um, it's given him a new appreciation of doctors. And in the comics, Thomas mm-hmm. Wayne is usually a surgeon or a physician That's right. uh, of some description. So, uh, maybe this, is the reason why yeah. um, he he wants to go down the medical science route. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because that, that was one of the real shocks in season one that he was uh, a member of the CIA, that he was this undercover agent. So I wonder if, it, if he does go off and gets his medical degree afterwards and does actually become a doctor. He seems a bit older than uh, than you'd expect someone to go off, but you, of course, can go to college at any time to to get your training. So perhaps he does go off and, and do some uh, some form of, uh, of surgeon course or doctor course. Yeah, and I just wonder whether that schism between Thomas Wayne and the CIA will come from the fact that, you know, that opening, that first scene of him at, at the sort of security table of the CIA, he mm-hmm. is advocating that the US should choose the English League Absolutely. and shouldn't work with the Raven Union, that they need to go in there and help them. Um, and that kind of falls on deaf ears. So maybe over the course of this season, as he I most likely will get embroiled more and more within this resistance movement or trying to at least help it from the outside that that causes problems yeah. with his chain of command. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. Um, a couple of other notes, I suppose, to talk about, because we did do this last season. Uh, we did mention it earlier on about some of the references and some of the, uh, some of the things that the characters say may not translate across the, uh, across the ocean. Um, I don't know whether this one translates, but just Beth, um, talking to the new detainees saying she doesn't care if any of them are Herman and, the, and his hermits. Um, that's just a reference to a, a popular band, uh, in England called, uh, Herman's Hermits or Herman and Herman and his hermits, uh, who were very successful from Manchester, uh, with I'm into something good was their big single, I think, uh, as they started out, uh, did have success in the US. So you, so you may know them. You may have heard of them. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that she's kind of referencing a kind of a smaller band that would have been around the same time as the Beatles, the same kind of style as the Beatles at the time. Very, very, uh, popular, uh, popular music. We saw Beth last season dancing to popular music. She's, she clearly loves her music. So, uh, I just thought it was a little, a little touch in this. I wanted to call it out. Exactly. And I think my final reference is that, you know, it's one of the big cultural schisms of, um, Britain, uh, but that Beth Sykes does pronounce scone absolutely correctly or completely incorrectly, uh, which you should be pronouncing it like a scone. No, nope, um, scone. It's scone in the north of England and scone, scone. in southern England. So, uh, yes, yes. Scone, she's... scone, 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 <laughs> scone, scone, scone. It does kind of ruin the joke, doesn't it? If she pronounces it the way I do as scone, uh, the correct way. I would way, say so. Uh, because the joke that they have in northern England is, uh, what's the fastest, uh, pastry, isn't it? Yeah. Scone. That's scone. Yeah, that's the one. But I can't say scone because it's pronouncing it completely incorrectly. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, one other one, because it was called out actually almost immediately after the trailer for season two came out, we got a quick contact from one of our wonderful listeners uh, to ask, what the heck does RG Bargy mean? Uh, we have Alfie talking to his mom where she, where he's saying to her that uh, when the Raven Union attack, there'll be a proper RG Bargy tank, tanks and everything. Uh, John? Argy Bargy. Um, it's, a it's kind of a brawl, a fight, yeah. a bit of elbow pushing. It's yeah. kind of, I, th- I think it can be anything from being in a football crowd mm-hmm. where you're kind of jostling for position and just like, you know, the pointy elbows are out and a bit yeah. of shoulders to uh, a proper Argy Bargy would possibly involve fists and be a bit more serious. Or tanks and guns and bombs. As, uh, as okay, well then that's here, really like escalating. Really so actually what you're saying is armies can now have, it. we shouldn't call it warfare, but it's an Argy Bargy. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but it, it's effectively a fight. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, a pretty intense fight. Or intense uh, jostling. Yes. <laughs> uh, any other words or any other things that you think might have stood out in the episode, John, that, that we may have to explain to our... Just the uh, correct pronunciation of scone. Scone. <laughs> That's it then. That's all of our notes and all of our thoughts for uh, for Pennyworth season two, episode one, the Heavy Crown. John, how would you rate this episode of Pennyworth? It was great getting back into this uh, show. I I really like it. it. It's you know it's quite unique out there. It's it's its own thing. It's it's zany. It's crazy. It doesn't shy away from showing the the violence or or the cursing and the uh-huh. swear words. It's Unla- got some unlike great, us. <laughs> unlike us, exactly. <laughs> sorry, There's John. some great, great characters in this from from Sykes and Alfred Pennyworth to you know his army mates. Bazza and Dave Boy. Um, there's a great kind of, you know, overall sort of feel to this around the Raven Union and the English League and that kind of authoritarianism. Um, and I, I just think this is, it's really good fun and it doesn't take itself seriously, but it, it's, it's a, it's good 
entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give this um, first episode four quality scones with currants out of five. <laughs> I like it, John. I like it. Four quality scones out of five. Uh, very good, very good. Uh, really looking forward to get back to more Pettyworth next week uh, with season two, episode two, The Burning Bridge, uh, out on Epics. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, another big... Uh, DC announced this about um, if you're lucky enough to live in countries where cinemas are open right now you might just get to see Wonder Woman 1984 next week the 16th of December it's going to be out uh, in cinemas uh, around the world uh, where they're open there's not a huge amount of cinemas unfortunately around the world that are open um, but if you live in the US it's coming out on Christmas Day 25th of December in cinemas and also on HBO Max uh, check out Wonder Woman 1984 uh, the sequel to the awesome Wonder Woman which we covered on this very podcast TV podcast industries a few weeks ago so uh really looking forward to seeing wonder woman 1994 yeah i'm absolutely pleased as as punch that we we got to cover uh, the 2017 film i don't know why we didn't cover it at the time but it just didn't fit into our, our schedule so really good that we're able to bring you our thoughts on the the, the first wonder woman uh, and i can't wait to see uh wonder woman 1984 as well i don't think we'll be necessarily going to the cinema mm. for it but uh can't wait to see see that as well yep. so also all things dc related with pennyworth and wonder woman make sure you subscribe to the podcast on any um groovy or swinging podcast catcher of your choice just search tv podcast industries please subscribe rate us leave a review and please share the podcast because of course sharing the podcast is sharing the love if you want to we are also over on patreon at patreon.com forward slash tv podcast industries if you want to support us uh in in that way you can head on over there uh, and leave us a a dollar a euro a a pound whatever you want Uh, Mm -hmm. and of course uh all different forms of support is lovely jubbly yeah absolutely come find us on facebook we have a facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries we're over on twitter at tv pod industries as well uh, you'll see us on instagram tv podcast industries and um, find us everywhere uh, but what we really want to hear from you is what you thought of the first episode of pennyworth season two email us to feedback at tv podcast industries.com to let us know and um, we want to we want to hear your thoughts as we go through the second season of pennyworth because i think it's going to be a fun one Thanks so much for joining us, fellow governors and governesses. Uh, great to have you back for another season of Pennyworth. Indeed. Thanks so much, fellow governors and governesses, for joining us. As always, it is a pleasure speaking with you. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and with the festive time of year that it is, keep go-go dancing. <laughs> nice. I'm going to leave you with some of the boys' chat from this episode. One uh, call-out, I suppose, that we haven't done. Uh, Slauncha, which is the cheers that uh, that Dave Boy gives uh, to to the rest of his blokes. That just simply means cheers. Uh, it is it is your health. Uh, yeah. To your health, um, which is his cheers. Uh, but I'll leave you with the boys chatting. Bye. How are we doing? Yeah, with this month's takings and a couple more good side jobs, we're sorted. I like the fiery ones. You know where you're at. It's the quiet ones. You don't know what they're thinking. What's he on about? Women. What does he know about women? America, boys. <laughs> America. We're on our way. That fella was telling me it's all lies what you see in the films. Stands to reason I make it look better than it is. Well, he's half as good as it looks. He's twice as good as here. Mm. We'll see. Stay here if you want, mate. No, no. I'm coming.
You just don't get rid of me that easy. Slangy va. Cheers. <laughs>